Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you once again for a Breaking Bad episode. Episode, that's what we're saying now. Third ever last Breaking Bad episode. As we've covered all the episodes, we're now into our series, uh, season five recap, I should say, going over all the bits and bobs of season five and getting into some pretty important rankings as we get through this and uh, sum up a pretty epic season. My name is Ben and say my name. And uh, my name is Nick, and you were so wet and cranky. Oh, thank you. I'm glad you noticed. Um, yeah, excited to talk about this one. As uh, we should clarify, as we've done all season, of course, we are com- combining the two halves. So this is all of season five. We're not doing part A, part B. So we're doing all 16 episodes. I know that's sort of not something that a lot of people do. Breaking Bad Wiki, for example, does not do that. They uh, have it purely as two separate seasons. Uh, although normal Wiki has it as one full season. So thank you, Normal Wiki. Uh, but yeah, I mean, pretty epic season. I think we've all but agreed that, uh, I mean, I, I don't know if we've all but agreed, but this is going to be challenging for our top two positions at the end of this uh, when we rank all our seasons. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is uh, a pretty epic season of television, Nick Chester. It is. It's um, it's quite funny because like just as we're watching this on the background, I've, I've talked a little bit about Talking Bad, and um, I'm just kind of in the background on on mute. Got the uh, the season finale Talking Bad that they had, which was at a just cemetery in in um, in LA where they do lots of events. I don't know why you're doing events at a cemetery, but uh, there you go. Aaron Aaron Paul put on this event and raised lots of money, and um, just the crowd like getting it right into the stuff. And you know, like um, Aaron Paul's wearing like a um, a Vaminos pest suit, um, you know, like. Um, on, on stage and you've got people that someone dresses as a pink bear um, you know so it's, it's just like yeah it's just been like just such an epic season and it's kind of a nice reminder to me of just like how massive the season was at the time as well it was uh, whereas some of the others we've talked about you know like a, a phenomenal and we're a great cult hit but um, this is kind of like you know everybody knows about Breaking Bad now and it, it's just a nice reminder of that to me yeah and I mean obviously you have talked a lot about how you know, you were watching this live. I've, I've never watched it live. So kind of obviously having that experience and kind of everything that kind of came with it. So, yeah, I think it's um it's obviously pretty uh, an incredible thing to be able to, to witness and kind of go through it. And I could imagine it would have been great to kind of watch it live and everything. I couldn't find talk. Where is talking about? I couldn't find it online. Is it on like Netflix uh, or something? Is it or? I don't know. I, this is something I downloaded many, many years ago. Somebody, maybe someone gave it to me, actually. I'm not right. sure. But, uh, yeah, um. Because I thought it might be on YouTube or channels. something like that, but yeah, no, it wasn't. I couldn't find it, so um, I did. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I only looked for about two minutes. I didn't kind of do a deep dive search, so I probably could have found it if I dug enough, you know, 
deeply, but I was just kind of like, oh, talking about couldn't find it. Okay, moving on. So yeah, I uh, thought I thought I was probably when we started this, I thought, oh, this is going to be quite interesting. I'll get lots of good insights, and yeah, maybe not quite so much, but but it was still interesting to kind of watch. Um, and it's kind of weird. You just got these like celebrities pop up next to the stars of the show, you know, like like Samuel L. Jackson and um, Jimmy Kimmel, and just like weird, you know, like very nice people, I'm sure, but it just like seemed like a bit of a strange thing to kind of have them there. Yeah, that does seem a bit interesting. One thing I'll say that I guess kind of backs up the the fact that we should be talking about this is two separate seasons is when we get to um, the awards that this show wins, uh, ultimately it will come down to uh, that this season, I guess, gets two lots of Emmys and Golden Globes because they obviously both submitted them to separate, uh, you know, award seasons as such. So that's kind of one thing to go with that one there. Um, Yeah, I mean, as generally, we kind of just give a bit of an overview of the season and kind of, you know, we'll go through the the main cast, best episodes, worst episodes, things along those lines. Uh, I mean, is there anything right now that you kind of want to add in general that uh, you haven't mentioned about season five or anything in this rewatch that kind of changed in terms of uh, how you uh, view it or kind of think about it or anything? Yeah, I think it's interesting because um, obviously being like a supersized episode that we've gone from, you know, having a, a, a seven episode season in season one through to 13 being the normal and then this is now 16. It, it's really weird kind of comparing this to season one, you know, seven versus 16 is, is quite weird. And so you're saying like recapping the season, well, like good luck with that because it's like it's such a massive season, you know, that actually trying to encapsulate everything that happens is so hard. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, obviously I went through and, and bought every episode, so I I enjoyed everything I saw here, more or less. Um, and and yeah, I think it's just been you got, you've got to give it credit for for kind of um, you know being able to go out on a high. I think I think that's that's really quite impressive. And you know, as we talked about last episode, lots of shows are not able to do it, but not just the last episode, but the last season, they really just did such a good job of, of managing to get it done right. Yeah, I I agree, and I think it's kind of you know we talked up a lot about how there was each of the episodes just improved along the way, not only in just like IMDb ratings and things like that, but the viewership. And it's such a rare thing that a TV show literally gets better as it goes along. It's always the opposite with TV. You know, generally things get worse. They get a bit tired. You know, it's like, okay, just end this show already, put it out of its misery. But this is just the complete opposite. It just, it's, you know, if there, any, if, if there ever was a show where they all of a sudden were like, surprise, we're doing a sixth season, you would be completely fine with it, you know, because it just it kept getting better, right? And I think it's one of those things too of like Vince Gilligan being smart enough. Like I think this is a, a cash cow that they could have had 10 seasons, you know, like and, and you know, people would have still been watching. People are still watching Walking Dead and that's like 11 seasons or whatever, you know. So people still continue to watch. But um, I think he was right in that. This is the kind of um, the premise of the show couldn't survive a long drawn out. Like, mm. you know, like everything that Walt's doing has to catch up with him eventually. And, you know, you can't delay that forever you kind of have to show that eventually and so i think it's really smart to actually be able to go out on top um it must be a really really hard thing to do when you've got a successful show um and lots before him have not been able to do that you know like just the lure of one more season kind of grey's anatomy you know like i think you know there are lots <laughs> of shows that that don't know when to say quit you know and and Seasons. he he, yeah, um, you know, but he, you're rightfully able to kind of call call time on this, and you know, and to be fair, he's able to, he's been able to kind of turn that into better call source. So been able to kind of keep this world alive and and, and expand on it without kind of breaking the premise of this guy who you know you, you just couldn't keep that going for too much longer. 
Yeah, no, I, I completely, completely agree. Uh, obviously, we'll talk about, I guess, the main plot points. Um, I mean, really, this whole season just is Walt's the big bad now. It's essentially coming to terms with freeing and kind of him, I guess, taking over and supposedly like being the, the big honcho now in the drug world. But I guess, you know, a lot of it comes down to the ramifications of, of Gus dying. And we get ma- most of that in the first half of the season, sort of with Mike obviously trying to have to deal with, you know, it's not just that simple. Like, what does he say? Like, just because you kill Jesse James doesn't make you Jesse James. Like, you've got to deal yeah. with everything that falls through with that. And I love all that kind of set up. And, you know, well, you've got to pay these people off. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. This is how you distribute it. We need to get the methylamine, like this, that, and everything else. And kind of just I love the way that all gets set up um, and kind of that all leads really from Walt kind of having dealt with all that. And you think, hey, he's finally home and hose. And we even get a, you know, a large section of this season where – he retires and he's back to family life and things are looking up for Walt. But uh, ultimately, that's not how it's going to play out because then the big twist is that Hank finds out who Walt is and then ultimately it's all about sort of Walt, I guess, saving himself in a weird way and kind of getting away with this, which ultimately leads to the death of Hank and uh, obviously his family hating him essentially and kind of him going on the run and then dying right at the very end when he gets his revenge on the Nazis. Um, which is something which is always weird to say. And then, like, you look at someone like Jesse, who ultimately, you know, he kind of starts his season as being torn between his two two dads. Uh, you know, it's going to be almost be like a buddy buddy film, like Jesse and his two dads. Um, uh, but then, you know, he almost really sided with Mike, and he just wants to get out of it. He's had enough now when they kill off this kid, Drew Sharp. Sort of he's had enough of all the death, of all the ramifications, and he basically retires back to his house to just smoke weed and everything before not being able to escape his money. And then he ends up turning, uh, I, I don't want to say he turns into a rat, that makes him sound like mean, but you can understand why he turns this way after finding out that Walt has uh, poisoned Brock in order to get what he wants. And then he ends up the whole season basically being chained in a Nazi prison. Again, things you wouldn't think you would say uh, Breaking Bad, but here we are. Uh, and then he leaves, I guess, uh, guess a bit open-ended, but we're obviously going to get to his wrap-up in a couple of, well, next week. Um, and outside of that, we've obviously got some sort of ramifications with Skylar kind of dealing with being a prisoner, so-called to Walt, and kind of accepting this and then kind of dealing with all the fallout with everything. Hank and Marie, you know, Hank's investigation, which ultimately becomes successful before he sadly dies. Um, and then, you know, we get the introduction of people like Lydia, Todd, sort of these people that are going to come important, the Nazis, obviously, things like that. So, yeah, I mean, lots of things that I probably missed about here, but I guess the main crux of it is, I guess, Walt basically becoming the head honcho, kingpin, evil guy, and then, as always is the case with Walt and Breaking Bad, when we think things are good and he's finally caught a break and we're going to be going good for him, things happen that ultimately leads to his inevitable death, which... We kind of always felt was going to happen from the pilot episode when he was told he had terminal cancer. Here we are, 62 episodes later, he did. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I think you, if you talk about, you know, the, the the big and important kind of plot points here, I mean, it's all about Walt's, the, the end of Walt's story here and kind of building to that. And, you know, it's kind of quite long and, and, and drawn out, really, because it is 16 episodes. But, you know, we, we kind of get that flashback, or flash forward, sorry, at the start of of, uh, of episode one of the season that kind of tells us where we're going. And so you kind of know where things are kind of heading, even in that very first scene, you know, so it's um, that's kind of the, the middle of it. But I guess for me, it's all about it, it, it radiates out from Walt. So Walt's obviously the most important thing here, but it's like how are his actions impacting others? So Jesse's story is kind of a result of what what decisions Walt has made, both in this and, and 
previous seasons and same with Skyler and, you know, the ultimate demise of Hank is, you know, like that's a result of, of Walt's decisions, even though Walt's not the one who pulls the trigger. So it all centres on Walt and, and as it rightfully should. Yeah, and one thing actually I should mention, and maybe we can do this when we get into the characters, but like we didn't actually technically eulogise Walt, I guess, last week. But I mean, do we need to? Like, I mean, I, I guess he's the main character we should, but I mean, when you die in the last scene of the last episode, I don't know if that really warrants it. Like if he's going to die, like, you know, halfway through season five or something like that. But I mean, I guess we can kind of probably lead this into the characters and maybe talk about that. Um, and this is where it's going to be a bit tricky, so bear with me because ultimately... As I said, Breaking Bad Wiki separates them into two halves. And with the main cast, and this is, again, something I pointed out last week, which I didn't actually realise, you actually have different main casts in both halves. Uh, and I think that just basically borders down to the fact that Jonathan Banks obviously leaves after the first half, and then both Jesse Plemons and Laura Fraser are credited as main cast members in the second half. So um, that's where it gets a bit interesting. So going over our main crew then of this season, obviously Brian Cranston as Walter White, Anna Gunn, Skylar White, Aaron Paul, Jesse Pinkman, Dean Norris as Hank Schrader, Betsy Brand as Marie Schrader, RJ Mitty as Walter White Jr., Bob Odenkirk as Sol Goodman, Jonathan Banks as Mike Ehrmantraut, and then obviously, as I said, the additions of Laura Fraser as Lydia Redart Quayle and uh, Jesse Plemons as Todd Alquist. So they're our group. Usual question, standouts for you, anyone in particular this season that all of a sudden got better, got worse, favourites, least favourites, anyone that's really there that's kind of like, okay, they're just kind of standardly there. I'll, I'll, I'll let you kind of uh, start with that one. Well, I think they all got a moment to shine. So I think obviously if I'm asked for a standout, it's going to be Walt. You know, everything that Brian Cranston does is amazing here um, and has been the whole time. But, you know, like just the ability to kind of hold it all together right to the end is, is pretty amazing. Um, and he's asked to do a lot of different things here, you know, and makeup and all that kind of stuff. And he just delivers everything well. And, you know, for me, I, I think a lot about that scene that we talked about in Ozymandias that often gets a little bit overlooked because of everything else happening in that episode. But, you know, where he's making that phone call to Skylar and he's you know angrily yelling at her while at the same time you see the look on his face and he's crying because he doesn't want to be saying these things but he knows he has to and I thought man that is an absolute feat of acting I'm not sure I've ever really seen anything like that before it is just so impressive but yeah I think others I mean got to give a lot of credit to um, to Anna Gunn as we talked about um, in the finale um, but also I think Dean Norris kind of grew into a role that he probably wasn't expecting you know when he kind of took that on it was probably more of a comedic role and he was going to be a bit of a kind of douchebag jerk kind of brother-in-law and he kind of you know like gets asked to take on this much more serious role as time goes on and I think it kind of culminates in his death scene which is amazing you know so yeah so, some great characters there and I think the thing that we've talked about is even characters that we don't particularly I don't know if I want to say like but you know ones that aren't like hugely important like Marie and you know and even like Lydia you know like not doing a whole lot in some of those latest episodes. They're still perfectly cast. They're doing a great job. They're doing the bit they're supposed to be doing, and they're making you feel the things you're meant to feel. So you can't you you you, you can't but be impressed with what they're doing. Yeah, I agree. And I just I mean going back to my point about do we eulogise Walt? Probably not. And then like I think technically then well we probably should have eulogised Lydia and Todd last week because they were main customers, but we. I guess, you know, we, we, we talked enough about them in some senses that it feels weird to eulogise characters that we kind of don't... Like, I mean, again, Walt being the obvious standout, but again, I think it's a bit different when you die at the end of the last one. Um, Yeah, I, I, I feel like I always never praise Walt enough because I may be more a bit Team Jesse, but, like, you can't not this season. I mean, like, everything you said is right. Like, Brian Cranston's just incredible and just so amazing. And just, again, I've said it so many times in these episodes, how 
we're meant to full on hate this guy because he's just an utter, utter prick at this point. But like, you just sympathize with him. And like, that's just such good writing, such good acting, like that you sympathize with someone this evil. Like, God, if we're always talking about Nazis apparently, but if Vince Gilligan did a show on Hitler, I'm sure probably by the end of it, we're going to like Hitler. Like, I mean, it's just, it's, it's crazy how you just feel this way about him. Um, but yeah, I would almost go on a limb and say like Anna Gunn for me, number two as well, because like, it's just like, I've always liked what they do with her in the last season. And it, it does leave me wanting more with her, like kind of, you know, as I've said a few times now about going forward with that. So I, I've always loved her. And I just think this is a really standout for her. And obviously I'm a massive Jesse fan and I love Aaron Paul, but Weirdly, this is maybe the the least I feel he's had to do in any of the seasons. Like, but, but that's not taking away from when he does have stuff. He's still incredible because even those last few episodes when he doesn't have a lot to do, just like the way Aaron Paul sells it is enough that you don't need a lot of Jesse to be like really sold on Jesse. And I just kind of like this journey of Jesse that he kind of goes through. And you kind of almost think Jesse's redeemed and then all of a sudden he just again gets treated like absolute shit, literally kidnapped and held hostage by Nazis. So, you know, that kind of works that way. And I agree with, with Dean Norris as Hank, like just incredible. He's so good in kind of what he's got to deal with. And cause he almost becomes the main star of this show for a couple of episodes in the middle, doesn't he? Cause with him and, and Walt. Um, and then, yeah, like Betsy Brandt, always good. Uh, RJ Mitty had some great stuff this season as well. Really should point him out. Saul, I guess was kind of, you know, shoved aside a lot this season as we kind of talked about, but at the end of the day, he's got his own spin off, So we don't really feel that bad. And Mike was good at the, the first half as well. Like Mike mm. was great. Kind of like Mike became much more of a prominent person uh, than he ever had before. So that was really good. You know what I feel about Lydia and Todd? Yeah. Like I've always liked the character of Todd. He's just creepy enough, creepy. And Jesse Plemons sells his character enough. Well, and, I should say, Laura Fraser makes you dislike Lydia. So, Laura Fraser does a good job in making that character unlikable. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to jump in and say that in a weird way, we're actually not eulogising some of them, especially if we do come back and talk about Better Call Saul, because lots of them are obviously going to feature very heavily there. And that includes Lydia. Like, she's in there. Um, But obviously, we've we've still got um, El Camino there, which is an opportunity for Jesse to take centre stage. And, and, you know, we've we've got Jesse Plemons coming back as Todd there as well. And, and, you know... Jesse. So... (laughs) <laughs> Fair Jesse, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So, the, the, you know, it's not the end of, of a lot of these characters in terms of what we will see of them. Obviously, it's the end for Breaking Bad because it's the end of Breaking Bad. But you know, it, it doesn't mean that they're we're still not going to see more of them and and you know, have lots of opportunities to talk about how great they are there. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a very good point. Um, guest stars again. This is where it gets tricky. I should just say in terms of uh, I won't go over the episode appearances. We don't need to go all over those. Um, so, again, I'm just kind of going to go this in order from 5A to 5B. So, Gomi uh, was in seven of eight episodes. Uh, Stephen Gomez. Uh, and this is where it's weird because, like, both Jesse Plemons and Laura Fraser are guest stars in the first half. So, we don't really talk about them. Um, but then you kind of only multiple episode guest stars in the first half. Uh, Declan uh, was in two. Uh, Dennis Mikowski. Which one was Dennis Mikowski? He, oh, the bald guy, the, um, the laundromat guy who gets burnt to death. Of course he is. Um, and then you look at all the other one time, like I, I won't go through all of these, but the standouts, obviously QB was in one episode, Skinny Pete. Uh, I always forget Ted is in this season for one episode. Yeah. There he is. Uh, Andrew's only in one episode. Um, uh, Kenny, we get a bit of, we, we get Jack in only one episode in the beginning, don't we? Um, so there's that. And the second half, uh, Kenny and Jack are in six episodes. Huel is in five. There you go. Uh, Gomi's only in five. Uh, Elliot and is in two because I guess they count the TV appearance. Cuby's only in two. Skinny Pete 
uh, and Badger in two, Gretchen in two, uh, Detective Callancho is in two, and Andrew is only in two. So uh, there you go. But uh, and I, I want to point out because it's it's hard to believe he's only in one episode, uh, and that is Ed. Uh, you know, uh, the the disappearer. Like, because he's just got such a presence on the one episode he's in, doesn't he? Where you kind of feel yeah. that, like, he should be in more. So it's weird to think he's only in one episode. But I'll, I'll jump in and say, um, I mean, kind of Gomi, like, he's always been a standout. We always like him. But I just kind of, like, that scene when he catches uh, the lawyer guy in the, uh, the bank, I just love it, the hey, and just kind of his stuff with Hank towards the end is great. And, like, again, his death scene is weirdly okay. Um, so... Kind of shout out to to Gomi in this season, I think. Um, obviously, Uncle Jack. I just, I mean, you you hate this character, but Michael Bowen does such a good job at making you hate it. And even Kevin Rankin as Kenny. Oh my god, they killed Kenny. We didn't say it last week. Um, but like, just they make you just dislike these Nazi guys so much. So they do such a good job at making them believable. Uh, Lavelle Crawford as Huel. Huel gets a little bit more to do. But uh, kind of great. Always love him. I love the fact that we get Skinny Pete and Badger for a little bit as well. And, yeah, props to Robert Foster. I think he's so great as Ed. And maybe the best scene we've ever had with Ted this season uh, with him <laughs> in, like, a, a head brace, nearly dead. So uh, props to uh, props to Christopher uh, Cousins there for that. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to go past Jack, obviously. I think that, you know, such an important part of the second season. And, um, yeah, it kind of talks about the thing that we were we were mentioning during the finale discussion around him being the villain. And he's really not. He's a guest star, you know, a, a big guest star because he's in a lot of episodes. But, um, yeah, I think that that's probably, you know, in terms of importance to this particular season, yeah, he, he's really up there, isn't he, in terms of somebody that, that is really important. And, and Hill's the other one. I think Hill's got quite a big part to play in this, even though he doesn't have a lot of screen time I think you know you got those memorable moments of him kind of like lying on the big thing of cash and um, but you know obviously lifting the cigarettes and, and all that kind of stuff is a, is a big part of his role so um, so so yeah I think that he has a surprising amount to do in this um, so yeah I, I just always want to make sure that he'll get a little bit of a shout out because he's a good fun character yeah still sitting in that room basically yeah. waiting to go there in terms of episodes uh, I mean we've got 16 to go through and obviously pretty standout ones when it comes to it. So, I mean, best and worst episodes. I'll just, I mean, you bought everyone, so bought everything. So good luck with this. But I rented two episodes this season. That was Buyout and Madrigal. Uh, I have Madrigal as the lowest uh, ranked one. I've got that at 54th overall and Buyout at 52. So they're my two obviously lowest and clearly my two highest. So little episodes called Ozymandias and Toe Hadjali. I'm going to get it event right one day. They are literally my top two episodes of the entire series. But I've also got uh, three other episodes in the top 10. I've got Gliding All Over. Uh, Gliding Over All, sorry, at number six. I've got Granite State at number eight and I've got Felina at number 10. And also in the top 20, I've got Say My Name and Blood Money. So, uh, and even if you just look at the top half, so in terms of uh, from 31 above, I've only got one, two, three, four, five, six episodes of this entire season in the bottom half of uh, all my ratings. So uh, yeah, that just goes to show the standout. So yeah, to me, obviously, Ozymandias is the best episode of this season. And to me, Madrigal is the worst episode of this season. 
Yeah, well, I've technically got the same, although I did buy all of them. 42 is the lowest I've got, which is Madrigal, and Hazard pays just in front of it at um, 41. Um, and um, But I've got 51 um, and, and 39, if you're following me. So episode, season five, episode four, there's just a couple above that as well. So those are kind of like my, my kind of bottom three from this. And yeah, obviously at the top, the same, I've got Ozymandias. Um, and then I've got um, my next one down is Gliding Overall, actually, is, is mm. um, in number four, um, which I really liked. I think that, that episode did so much, you know, it was so much, you know, the prison shankings and, and that great, I think probably the best um, um, kind of cooking montage that we've had in the entire show was in that episode, um, as well as obviously the, the very memorable ending of that episode. Um, so, so yeah, I, I really love that episode. Um, yeah, inside my top 10, I've also got Felina's in there at, at number eight. Um, so I think, yeah, I've got, uh, yeah, oh, and Tahajli in there well at number five um so yeah i think half of my five uh, uh, season five episodes which um is not a massive surprise really and um yeah i think you know, going down there's a whole bunch of other ones in there as well say my name blood money you know like they're all in there so so yeah i think probably uh there's there's lots of good i think you know um granite state's a really good episode and i've got it quite low i think at eight. well it feels low at eight but actually there's just so many good episodes that it's really not low it's just that there's so many other good ones as well and I think that's yeah another one of those forgotten episodes that actually is really good I'm going to do what and we'll talk about this more in our series recap we'll probably just go over our top 10 episodes to remind people but I back when I did uh, we did Nip Tuck and I did Third Watch I did an article on my website where I just kind of typed every single episode out in order for people if they really want to see, uh, which is interesting because I think both Nip Tuck and Third Watch, no one online had ever ranked the episodes before. So right. often, not trying to brag or anything, but that, that they're the big hits I get on my website because people find them and they read them, whereas there's 50,000 articles out there on ranking yeah. the episodes of Breaking Bad. So, But I'll, I'll put that up eventually on my website for people can check that out and kind of see. Uh, potentially I'll have it up ready to go when the series recap goes up in a couple of weeks, uh, which leads us really into our two big things. One's going to be a big talking point, but this one here, I don't know how this one will be. This is our season ranking. So where this ranks, I guess... Actually, no, hang on. Sorry, before I do that, let me go over the awards because this is an important one I wanted to point out, actually. So we uh, we like to go over what this wins in terms of um, awards in, in the awards seasons, guess. So again, this is where I say it's a little bit tricky in the fact that you have um, two halves of two seasons, so therefore you kind of have them winning awards in different parts. Although Double dipping. I, yeah, but I think it's only the Emmys. I don't think the Golden Globes it does. So I'm just looking here at the Golden Basically Globes. it won everything, right? Like the, well, this is the season that won kind of everything. It's like Return of the King. Like, you know, they, they won everything in that last season, last movie. Yeah, kind of. Um, so we'll just go to the Golden Globes first. So the 71st Golden Globes, um, it was nominated for three Golden Globes and it won two. So it won Best Drama. It won Best Actor for Brian Cranston. Aaron Paul did not win Best Supporting Actor. He lost to John Voight in Ray Donovan. Okay. Uh, also up that year was Josh Charles in The Good Wife, Rob Lowe in Behind the Candelabra, and Corey Stoll in House of Cards. Um, so the Emmy, so the 65th Emmy, so these were the um, 2013 Emmys. It was nominated for eight, and it won a total of two. Is that right? 
Wow. So it didn't. This is for the first half, though. We should point that out. So it won outstanding drama series, and it also won uh, and a gun won for uh, Skylar. Obviously, that's who she plays. So Brian Cranston was nominated. He lost to Jeff Daniels for the Newsroom. I watched the Newsroom. Great show. I think that made my top top fifty TV shows of all time. And yeah, I mean. He deserves an Emmy, don't get me wrong, but I don't know if he beats Brian Cranston. Also nominated that year, Hugh Bonneville for Downton Abbey, John Hamm for Mad Men, Damian Lewis for Homeland, and Kevin Spacey for House of Cards, back when he was able to get nominated for things. Uh, best support. Now, I'm excited for this one, weirdly. Uh, both Jonathan Banks and Aaron Paul were nominated for Best Supporting Actor, Lost. Uh, also nominated that year, Jim Carter uh, for Downton Abbey, Peter Dinklage for Game of Thrones, and Manny Patinka for Homeland. The winner... Not a show that I've watched. I've never watched Boardwalk Empire, but I'm very partial to this actor, Mr. Bobby Cannavale, one of the OGs from Third Watch. I'm a big Bobby Cannavale, Bobby Cannavale fan. So uh, if you're going to lose to someone, I'm glad it's my man Bobby. So uh, Mr. Rose Byrne as well. He's, he's, he's in a good relationship. Um, <laughs> it also lost uh, Outstanding Directing. Uh, it lost to House of Cards. Outstanding Writing. It lost to Homeland. Uh, and there you go. For the 66 Emmy, so the year after, uh, for its second half, it was nominated for five awards. It won five awards. Um, so, Outstanding Drama Series, it won. Brian Cranston won Outstanding Lead Actor. Aaron Paul won Outstanding Supporting Actor. Anna Gunn won Outstanding Supporting Actress. And I'll lie, it didn't win all awards. This uh, Wikipedia is lying to me because it did not win Outstanding Directing. Lost a True Detective, but in Outstanding Writing, it was nominated twice for Felina, but Ozymandias won Outstanding Writing. <laughs> uh, so if you're going to lose to yourself, you want to lose to yourself. So, um, yeah, there you go. Actually, so hang on, did it lose? Oh, it technically lost two awards because I guess it lost to itself. So right. five out of yep. seven, pretty fucking good. So yep. but that was, um. didn't we have that recently with uh, Shit's Creek? That won basically everything in its last season. I think uh, yeah, Game of Thrones so. did as well. Like yeah. they kind of all do for the, the last seasons, basically. I mean, I don't know if you have anything else to add on nominations and wins. I mean, it's the one show that you and I have done where you can kind of talk about this because we couldn't really talk about it with Nip Tuck, could we? Yeah, and I think you know sometimes there's just like this new show comes along and 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 you know I I, I do think there is that thing of um you know we can give Brian Cranston the you know or, or whoever we can give it to them in the last season you know we don't need to give it here they can get all that recognition that last season um which you know I kind of get I suppose but it, it does um yeah I, I mean I haven't seen those other shows or well, not all of them anyway and so I think it's kind of hard to say you know like this this is better when I haven't actually seen it but um, you know, I think like Game of Thrones like, I love Peter Dinklage he's awesome but I don't think he's got he doesn't have nearly as much screen time for a start as Aaron Paul gets um, and he just he, he's not as good in my opinion like I just I just think Aaron Paul just has an amazing amount of range it does so much cool stuff in this um, yeah it's, it's hard to say that Peter Dinklage is, is better so yeah I mean it, 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 all the stuff is subjective but it is nice to see it win some awards it definitely deserved it the one thing that always – I can see why they do it is that they always submit Aaron Paul in the Best Supporting Actor. Like, because, I mean, I would argue he's co-star billing with Brian Cranston, but, again, the, the problem there is 
is that if you put them as co-stars, they're going to be up against each other every single year. So that's kind of what they ultimately did say with Friends because originally in Friends, I think they all refused to put them in because they didn't want them to take away from it. So that's why in those early seasons you never see like the cast of Friends getting nominated. But then eventually they were like, no, let's do it. And then I think Lisa Kudrow from memory was the first to win one. I think Jennifer Anderson won one a couple of times and I think they were it. I think they were the only two that ever won Emmys for Friends. But then like you had Will and Grace which kind of they, I mean, Jack and Karen, like Megan Mullally and Sean Hayes were always supporting actors. By the end, they basically became the co-stars, but they still always did it as lead actor, lead actress, supporting, supporting. And I think Will and Grace to this day, and please somebody correct me if I'm wrong, is the only show where technically the four main stars all won Emmys because I know that right. Megan Mullally, Sean Hayes, um, Eric McCormick and Deborah Messing all won Emmys for their role in that show. So I, I can see why they put Aaron Paul in supporting actor because, yeah, Brian Cranston, he'd never win one, you know. So, yeah. I mean, he might. He might be Brian Cranston one year. But, uh, yeah, so it's just it's interesting that they do it that way. Um, ranking the seasons. So, again, we're ranking this as the entire season five. If you want to kind of hear how we would have done this if they were separate, listen to last week's episode. But just a, a refresher of where we're at. Uh, Nick, you had uh, going into this, your order was season four, one, three, and two. My order was four, one, two, and three. So we're basically the same except for the bottom two. Um, I mean, I'm going to guess where you're going with this. I mean, you literally bought every single episode of this season. So I'm assuming you would make this number one. But uh, am I assuming too much? I think it's, it, it is really hard because I think I did tell that story, but I had a workmate who w- was really into this. And I said to her, you know, I think I, I think season four is the best season. And she's like, no, no it's season five. And I was like, oh, yeah, well, I can see that. But, you know, I think season four, and she's like, no, season five is the best season. It wasn't even a, like a discussion for her. It was like, it is the best season. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And, I, and I've always had in my head that, you know, like Breaking Bad as a, as a package is, is best at season four. You know, like it's this 13 episode, you get this arc, and it's kind of Walt versus Gus and has a really satisfying ending. Um, and, you know, and I think season five, you know, it has better moments, has better episodes, as you can see in my my kind of list that I've got. You know, an epi- a season five one is at the top, but um, but season four is an overall more satisfying package. But you know, as we kind of gone through this, I think it, it, I I do kind of give a few bonus points to season five, as I said, for for being the one that has to end it because that's not always easy. Um, you know, there's so much expectation, and you know that the audience pickup that this season got, you know, just it became became like a you know this juggernaut and and often that can be really hard like game of thrones is a good example of just not being able to kind of land this thing as as you need to um you know and 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 ultimately it's like you know if if i was to sit down one weekend and kind of watch a season i probably would want to watch season five you know because i think there's just so much good stuff there so you know it it, it definitely is something i didn't just immediately go well i bought all these so it has to be season five but it was definitely a think through um you know, but but ultimately, I think yeah, I have landed that season five is my number one. So it's going to be five, four, one, three, two for me. Um, it's going to be how I how I land on these things. Yeah, I think you sell it really well there. And like, I mean, going on, I kind of get a bit more technical sometimes when I go with my buys and rents. And I guess if you were kind of going to do it on that way, I mean, I think I've sort of only rented one in certain seasons. Like, I know season four, I only rented one episode, so that was as close to perfect as I got, whereas this season I rented two. So, judging on the law of averages, that makes season four a better season for me. But I think that, yeah, I mean, 
when you've got a season of Aussie Mandis and then you've got like I think what four or five episodes in the top five I've got like it's just a top ten I should say I mean I can't not go past season five as the best season I think that I, I mean season four was very close for me but I still think yeah season five definitely comes out on top for me because even the two rents that I had are not episodes where I'm like oh god I really don't like those episodes like I mean I, I they were high rents for me um, but I mean, I just didn't overall. And like, again, given this season is three episodes longer than the other seasons, you could literally just say, well, just remove them, work the storylines into other episodes, have a 13 episode season. And then to me, this becomes even better. So, um, yeah, I'm going to have season five at number one. Um, and I think that it's probably a standard answer for most people. So yeah, my final hours are exactly the same, except you have season two last. I've got season three last. I've got season two at number four. You've got season three at number four. So our top three is exactly the same. It's just our bottom two are slightly different. Yeah. And I, I mean, um, we'll probably talk more about it in the kind of series wrap up when we talk there, but I'm really pleased that season one's kind of landed in the middle there, as opposed to being, you know, the one that's forgotten right at the end. Cause I think it is, a, and it has some advantages of only having seven episodes, but I do love season one. I think it's great, but um, yeah, I mean, just with the stakes being raised as high as they are here to, to still pull it off is, is, is really, really cool. Which leads us into, uh, I don't know how this is going to go. I've, I've marked down here, Nick, <laughs> that throughout this season, I have ranked, I've put down as potential 32 moments uh, as top fives. Um, I'm happy to skim through them. Quickly. And there, there were some that I didn't mark down because I'm like, well, this could be, but there's already so many. So I'm going to go through these super quickly. I don't know if you've got a list or you've got anything that you'll want to add to these, but uh, I'll just go through these super quickly and when we can start this discussion because I don't even know if this is kind of like where season four, I think we were kind of like, okay, these are the five moments, easy. Whereas like this one, like, I mean, there's five episodes in one episode that I think we could go. So uh, really quickly, let's see if I can skim through these notes. You'll hear me turning pages as I go along. So in the ep- in episode one, live free or die, I've got the whole magnets, you know, situation because I love the magnets. I think that's great. So uh, I'm, I'm put that up there. Um, at the beginning of 51, I've got, I know this isn't going to make it, bonfire. Come on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. Uh, Skylar basically trying to kill herself in the pool. Um, and then her, um, the whole counting every minute. I can get, take the kids away from you as a victory and I just, I'm waiting for you to die speech that she gives to Walt. Like that's pretty effective. Uh, moving into the next episode, which of course is dead freight. The train robbery uh, speaks for itself. I'm a big advocate for the train robbery. Um, then we have say my name. Obviously we have the moment where he's like, say my name. Uh, and then Mike's death at the end, I think is uh, pretty epic gliding over all. I have five moments in this episode alone. So the prison, Murder montage, the crystal blue persuasion uh, montage, um, the the money scene when basically they're in the the storage locker and they're seeing the money, um, and then I've got what have I got two here, Jesse and Walt final talk. Oh, the um, Jesse and Walt's I guess uh, final real talk to each other in that episode isn't it where like they kind of you know he drops the money off to him doesn't he and then obviously uh hank discovering the book at the end the cliffhanger uh blood money i've got jesse throwing the money everywhere and then um the punch up between hank and walt at the end of the episode and sort of walt threatening hank uh in buried i've got marie slapping skylar and the that whole sequence there 
Um, again, some of these are like clearly not going to make it, but I'm just putting them up there. Um, the uh, In Confessions, I've got the dinner scene with our friend Trent, the waiter, basically um, going, you know, the, the standoff, giving the DVD. And I think I've also connected into that with the video when Hank and Marie watched the video as well. Uh, and then I've got the ending of that episode with Jesse bashing soul and then pouring all the fuel at Walt's house. Rabbit Dog, I've got um, Hank... Uh, with the gun to Jesse when he kind of confronts him in the room and Jesse's just like, you know, he can't keep getting away with this. Like, I love that kind of moment with Jesse when he does that. Uh, I'm nearly at the end, don't worry. In Tohajalajali, the episode I can never pronounce, um, I've got kind of the whole... The, the chase sequence, basically, where uh, Jesse's on the phone and, and Walt's driving to the desert, you know, panicking. Um, I've got the whole arrest uh, of Walt. And then, of course, the final shootout standoff at the end. Mandis, I mean, Hank's death scene. Um, Jesse being dragged out and basically thinking he's about to die, mixed with Walt telling him that he uh, basically killed Jane. Um, the the whole fight sequence between, you know, uh, Walt getting attacked by Skylar and that whole sequence, and then the phone call at the end, of course. Granite State, I've got uh, Jesse trying to escape and then Andrea getting killed. You could technically class that as one, but I've got that as two separate ones. Um, and then the cliffhanger ending, I love just the ending of him with the phone call with Walt Jr. And then Felina, I've got uh, the Gretchen and... Um, Elliot being held hostage. I've got the final scene between Skylar and Walt. I've got the, uh, I guess, the uh, final shootout. And then I've got the final scene. So, again, some of them you could combine. But there you go, Nick. Plenty to choose from. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think there's anything there that I had on my list that you didn't have. Um, So, I guess for me, my kind of my... my starting point is: there, Is there any that we absolutely must have that we can't we can't not have? And, and for me, I think there are two that I think we absolutely should have, and okay. they're both from the same episode, which is Hank's death scene in Ozymandias, and then the Walton Skyler struggle um, yep. over the knife, um, and and Walt leaving um, with with the baby. I think those are two that I think we absolutely have to have. Um, Great. You know, I, I don't really care what order they're in. I just feel like those are two that are, you know, they're just, they're so, one is the, one of the most, you know, memorable scenes and is, and is a great scene. And the other, I think, is just this culmination of Walt trying to keep, you know, the business and his family together in the same place. And, he, and finally the realisation that he can't. And, and also just the, um, the the discomfort of having to watch that scene and how difficult it is to watch. I think those are two that I would absolutely be advocating for. I don't think you're going to fight me on them. So, no, no, absolutely so, um, not. You're right. Yeah, yeah I mean, from there, you know, others that I guess I think are, when I think are, are favourites, but, you know, like I'm I'm pretty open from this point onwards in terms of ones that I think we should have. I, like I absolutely love the kind of um, Walt and um, and Hank showdown in the garage, um, you know, because I think if you have that one, you kind of don't need to have Hank discovers in the toilet. You know, I think that the, you, you probably that kind of encapsulates that mood into that one as well. But I, I yeah, honestly, it's a great scene and it's kind of, you know, the tread lightly is a very famous line as well. And it just, you know, it's cards on the table stuff, which kind of just sets us up for that final run, which I really, really like. Um, you know, I think something from Felina and, and, you know, I think it's something from that final set, whether it's Walt walking through the, you know, the... Um, the meth lab or whether it's Walt and Jesse's final confrontation or the shootout or a combination of all of those, you know, how much we can kind of squeeze into one scene, I think is, is a really important one. Um, 
you know, I, I, there are other ones that I, I really, really like, but it's like, you know, do I put those in? You know, like I think that the train heist, even though I didn't love that episode, I think that that train heist is, is really impressive in terms of the way it ratchets, ratchets up tension. And it's kind of unlike anything else in Breaking Bad. It kind of is a little bit of a standout in and of its, itself. Um yeah, so no I, bonfire. I think, we're not we're not on board with bonfire. No, I, 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 <laughs> I, we, we just might not be able to squeeze that one in, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, I, I I think kind of Mike, you know, Mike's death is a great scene as well, and I think um, yeah, it, it's a great way to kind of say goodbye to this character. Um, you know, so I, I think there's some great stuff there as well. Um, and, you know, like, I, I, we probably, I don't know if we put another one from Ozymandias in, but like Walt revealing to Jesse about Jane, I think is a great scene. <laughs> um, yeah, I think some of the ones that I like, but probably wouldn't make it, would probably make it on any other um, season, but probably won't here. Mm. Um, uh, uh, probably things like, the final cooking montage and gliding overall, I love it, but I'm just not sure there's probably room for it here. Um, I, you know, as I much don't as think it's there a, is. It, like, yeah, it's I mean, sad because we've always wanted to put a montage in, but like, it, I mean, yeah. can we really put that in over like uh, uh, just the five or six you've just mentioned there? Like, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think. Um, oh, one that I that I think is really good, which I'm not sure that we we pointed out was, um, or that I pointed out. Sorry, you would have. Um, is Walton Skyler's final scene in Felina is, mm. is a great yeah, one yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that Andrea's death is a phenomenal scene, but I just I'm not sure we're going to have space to fit it in and here. Unfortunately, I think Mike's a little bit the same. At one. the end of the day, is better than Andrea's death. Uh, yeah, which, yeah, and I mean, you know, yeah. like, and, and same, same with with the end of confessions. I love that stuff, but I'm just not sure we're going to have space for it. You know, yeah, um, yeah I mean, I, I, I think, and, and again, the same with the with the magnets. But you know, it, it's great, and it, and on any other season, you would absolutely have it. But I'm just not sure that there's there's space for it. You know, so I don't know where that kind of leaves us. But um, yeah, you know, the one that you and I might differ on a little bit is the actual say my name scene from say my name because I think it's really really good, and it's it's one of the ones that gets quoted a whole lot. But I, I just it's a great moment, but um, I'm not sure that it, it leaves much of an impression. You know, it is it is just it's there and it, it's great. But you yeah. know, it's it's funny with all the ones that you're mentioning. I'm kind of forming an opinion in my head. Like I legitimately even forgot that say my name was there until you just brought it up. So like that wasn't right. one that I was really going to add. Like again, I feel like if true Breaking Bad fans are listening to this and going like, how the fuck did you not include say my name? Like. But like this is a problem. If say my name's in season three, it's in there. Like if season two, it's in there. Like it's just it's just it's so like just everything you're saying here is just like it's it's so like deep. I I would say, I mean I'm a massive advocate for the train scene. I just love the train scene, and I think that as you said, it's uniquely Breaking Bad, and it's tense. Like even no matter how many times you watch it, you are still on the edge of your seat. And like it just the way it, like you would include the death of Drew at the end. Like you include that because that's yeah. part of it, right? So like, and that's just there. So I mean that would be one I would fight up. I would think that for Felina, I think you have the ending. But I I would almost and like I know these are two very long scenes. But I would almost advocate the entire last 16 minutes from when he <laughs> arrives. But, like, in all seriousness, because, like, how do you separate that? Like, how do you separate that? Because I think that everything that happens is important enough and groundbreaking enough. Right from, the like, the shock of, like, we didn't really talk about it much last week, but, like, 
we didn't really know what he was doing with this thing. So all of a sudden he's got this fucking automatic gun that's just killing him. Like, that's pretty cool. Like, that's a cool little trick. That's a bit of a shock. And kind of just the the Todd and Jack scenes are epic. The moments with Jesse are epic. The moment with Lydia is kind of like weirdly graphically awesome. And then just Jesse driving off, I think, is a critical thing. And then just the whole my baby blue like bit at the end. Like, I would argue that you would just have that in time because that is technically one scene. That is technically one scene, I would argue. So oh, look, that would I'm be. Gonna, I'm not going to fight you to try and cut awesome bits out of a scene. So if, if you're going to suggest it, I'm certainly not. I'm the one editing the video, Nick. So at the end of the day, no one sees this video. Um, and I think you just you literally you put that on our list as the final uh, act at the compound, and that kind of encompasses everything. So I mean, look, they would be the two. The only thing I would say, like. I, I totally see what you're saying with the, the – and this is maybe the one where we need to come up with a solution, like the Hank and Walt fight in the garage. Absolutely. But I would still say that Hank finding out is bigger because, like, right. I just I just feel that, like, that is the moment where – and, again, I wasn't watching this live, but I can't imagine – we talked about how you had to wait a year for that. Like, that's kind of one of these build-up things. And in, in certain TV shows that I've talked about, there are things that you I know are going to happen one day – and you, you're not maybe expecting it to happen, and then it happens. You're like, oh, my God, Hank's found out. Hank knows. And, like, just the way you've kind of got him looking up to the camera, and boom, that's the ending. Like, I, t- I totally love the Hank and Walt fight, don't get me wrong, but to me the shock value is more of him finding out because you're like, holy right. fuck, he knows. Whereas at that point where they get into a fight, like, yeah, you kind of want this confrontation, but, you know, like, I, 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 I like that, but I would almost argue – if you have that, I, I like the Hank arrest Walt more than that. Probably that's just me. Right. But, so yeah. the, I mean, the thing the thing is as well is that we've also got like, you know, like I, I love the kind of Walt and Skyler Felina, you know, final scene. Mike's yeah. death we don't have in here. Like so it feels like the we've prison got shanking. I feel like uh, yeah. the prison shanking we haven't even mentioned is a really yeah. great sort of scene because it feels like we it feels like we've got four and now we're kind of fighting over what the last one is and it, so just it, to confirm really, the other really two before that fifth one so I'm just saying we're going train sequence train robbery and the final sort of compound scene yeah okay yeah so what as episode well was train robbery that was episode five that's dead freight yep that's episode five it's episode okay. five yep. yep yep and then um uh Felina ending. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, that's my argument for, for, um, Hank finding out. Um, but like, again, if there's any of these other 32 that I've gone through that we're forgetting about, I mean, you know, I, I think so we've got, we've got a Hank, we've got one Hank, we've got a Walton Skyler already, train robbery, uh, the ending with Jesse. So we've got a Jesse in there slightly. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think I can probably like let the Walt Skyler one go because I think that that, you know, we've kind of got the big scene between them from Ozymandias is there. So, you know, like I, I do like to kind of, you know, have a bit of a variety of people and yeah. characters and, and types of scenes here. Um, so for me, I think probably it's down to three. It's the, you know, Hank finding out it's Mike's death or it's um, Walt being arrested. But those to me feel like the three. Although, yeah, is there a Jesse one that we're missing? We don't. Well, the Jesse features in the in the Felina one, obviously, and he's in Dead Freight as well. So he's in a he's in a couple of these. Um, the the only Jesse ones that I would advocate for is is going back to what you said. We'd be another one from Ozymandias is the whole him learning about. Um, uh, James, but also like him bashing soul and like burning, like that's yeah. pretty epic. Um, yeah, I mean, I love magnets, but again, magnets doesn't trump these. But um, yeah, and like Jane, uh, Jane's death, uh, Andrew's death, just the acting from Aaron Paul. But yeah, I, I, I'm down. I think those three and like, look, again, I love the Skylar sort of ending with with Walt, but I think we've got Skylar. Like to me, like that's just almost 
roughing around the air. I mean, the phone call to me, I would put above that scene in Felina, like the the Walt on the phone to Skylar, right. if I'm being completely honest. Yeah. Because I think, like, yeah, you, you're roughing out the edges so there's kind of a nicety ending. But, like, to me, is the ending of Skylar and Walt not the the fight in Ozymandias? That's kind of mm. the ending of them. So that's kind mm. of enough. So I don't like Mike's death. Like, I love, like, Mike's death. I think it's an underrated moment that often, because, again, as I said in that episode, I forget that's Mike's death. I, think, I thought that comes in episode eight, not episode seven. Um, but I just, I just think like, I look at it too, as just an iconic moment of the show when what Hank finds out, like Mike is a great character. Mike, Mike is important to the show, but Hank's more important and Hank finding out. Cause like, this is a big talking point that people always say, how does he have a DEA brother who doesn't know? And like, we talked about how, well, it's kind of, you know, cause it's the unassuming person. You never assume it's that person. So for Hank to find this out. And, like, this is a big fucking deal. So, and I think, like, without Hank finding out, the second half of this season doesn't work. Whereas mm. Mike dying kind of almost allows uh, Walt to retire, doesn't it? So it's kind of... Yeah. I, yeah. I think the other thing, too, of the, like, yeah, like, Mike's death is a, is a big moment in the show. That scene is really good, but I actually don't think it's at the same level as these other ones. And I think the other thing I like about adding the, the Hank finding out the truth is that it's actually a, a quiet scene and it kind of yeah. shows the value like the other four we've got are quite big action scenes which you'd expect but I quite like having this one which is just a you know it, it kind of shows that you don't need whiz bang you know to, to have a really kind of effective um, cliffhanger so yeah I, I, I'm I think I'm one over there so I'm quite happy to add that in as, as number as our fifth one not necessarily number five so yeah if, if that's what we settled on I'm, I'm quite comfortable with that it's so so hard and yeah I mean we could come up with a list of 10 or 15 and they'd all be good and all be worthy of being in this top five but we, we've got to do what we've got to do which is kind of at the end of the day where we probably should have separated them into part A and part B, right? Because then we could have done it better, but, yeah. um, you know, technically there. So, okay, so to clarify, we've got Hank's death from episode 14, Walt vs. Skylar episode 14, Train Robbery episode 5, the ending of Felina, the ending of the whole show episode 16, and Hank finds out about Walt episode 8. So I guess we put these into order. So, I mean, is the obvious number 5 Hank finding out because that was the last one we put in? Well, I guess if it's the one we were struggling over, then, yeah, that kind of makes sense, right? Yeah. I mean, look... See, this is where I'd almost disagree with myself. I would almost put train robbery at five. <laughs> because, like, I mean, just, I just, again, it's, I love the train robbery. I do. But in terms of the importance and the epicness of these moments, the train robbery to me is the least of these five. Yeah. Like, it's, it's I, epic, but it's not important to the whole show. Like, it's just an epic sequence, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It's like tortoise yeah, head I mean, blowing I'm, up, you know, like that's, yeah, yeah, epic. yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm fine. Yeah. Fine, fine by me. I, you know, like, I think probably um, if I was going to flick one on to watch, I would probably, I would chuck on Hank finds out before I put on the train robbery. So yeah. Look to me, like to me, I'm, I'm debating between two between number one and that's Hank's death and Walt vs. Skylar. So they're my between number one yeah. and number two. I don't know how you feel. So, I mean, so that so showed our showdown at the end is, is number three. I would, I would even put this is again, I'm contradicting myself. We literally battled to get this in there, but like I, I would put Felina ending four and then Hank finds out at three. That's how I would put it. Like like the ending of the whole sequence of Felina ending. Like you know what I mean? I, right. I would I would put Hank finding out as number three. That would just be me. So but if you've mm. got a different opinion on that, you don't agree with that? Yeah, I kind of feel like just the ending of the show is, is so good. And, you know, like it, as we've talked about, it, there's so much pressure on it to be good. Um, I Personally, I think it probably should be three. I'll um, give it to you because you ended up putting Hank finding out in there at the end. So I'll, <laughs> I'll let you have that. So Okay, so Hank finding out four, 
the ending of the show three. So, okay. I said this in Ozymandias that like literally both of these scenes could be number one and potentially could be number one of the whole series as well. So, um, I am going to say my opinion is that number one should be the Walt versus Skylar fight because to me, the whole crux of this show is Walt is doing this for his family to leave this money behind for his family. He's, he's dying. He wants to find a way to create money and income to set his family up for life. He thinks he's doing it for good reasons. And at the beginning, he gets into it because he's like, yeah, well, this will be easy. I can make some money and they'll be set for life. And through everything that he goes through in this show, even when he loses Skylar for parts, he gets her back. Like, she's kind of always there at the end of that. This is the moment where, like, it's over. Like, it's just he's done this almost for nothing because he has lost his family. And, like, that is just such a confronting scene. I remember watching this going, like, holy fuck, like, Poor Walt, even though he's a prick. And like that, in just that scene when you kind of got Walter Jr. cowering over Skylar and you just, he's so lost. And then to add weight, like, again, I said in the episode, you could end it there and it's powerful enough. He then fucking kidnaps a baby. And then you've got Holly, uh, Skylar on the ground, like crying her eyes out. Like, to me, that is like, and I'm not taking away from Hank's death because that is pretty epic. But like, I get more emotion and more feelings from that whole sequence between these two. That that to me is the number one moment of this uh, of this season. Uh, no arguments from me. Um, to be wow. honest, like I thought, yeah, I, I thought think, your facial um, expression was like you were completely disagreeing with me. I was reading <laughs> you there wrong. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think for me, like um, it's easy to get suckered into these big moments because they're the ones that people remember. They're the ones that kind of you know stick with people and they get talked about at the water cooler the next day. But I totally agree that the kind of you know the, the the heart of the show is Walt you know, convincing himself that everything he's doing is justified because his family needs him to do it. And this is the moment where you, and you even see that moment. It's almost like the, the Ralph Wiggum, you can see his heartbreaking moment. Yeah. You know, like you actually yeah. do see it, you know, like actually just this is all for nothing. And that's where he makes that decision to take Holly and leave. And yeah. And, and I think, yeah, just even talking through some of the stuff we did in that episode around, um, you know, like how hard that, that scene was to film for Anna Gunn. And yeah, I think there's, there's just so much to it that, um, I, I really like it. And, you know, like I totally love the Hank stuff too. It's one of the most shocking deaths I've maybe ever seen on, on a TV show. So, um, taking nothing away from that either, but yeah, I, I, I'm not going to disagree. I think it is it is for me the the, the scene that I go back to and, and really enjoy. Which I'm going to be so intrigued now that we're going to have our, our in a couple of weeks' time, our top um, 10 moments, which uh, if people um, just – I'll give a precursor to this because obviously we'll talk about El Camino in just a second and what we'll do in the series recap. But basically now, so we have um, 25 moments, the top five from each season basically, all then become nominees – to be the top 10 moments of all of Breaking Bad. So we did this with Nip Tuck. We did this with Third Watch. And at the time of recording this, we haven't finished Lost, but hopefully at the time of releasing this, we've finished Lost. So we've done it with Lost as well. And so then Nick and I will get all these 25 moments and we will rank them from one through to 25. Simple. You put them all in order of your preferences and then we will combine them both and the aggregate with the highest win. So essentially, if you rank number one, that gets 25 points. Number two gets 24 points. Number three gets 23 points, so on and so forth. And whatever has the most will be our top 10. And then that's automatically in order. So we don't have to sit here in two weeks time going, well, what order do we put these in? It's automatically done. And I will reveal them live. Nick won't know until I'm on air and I'll, I'll reveal the big Oz Network top 10 moments of Breaking Bad, which is uh, 
intriguing, Nick, because you've basically at the time of recording, they said you've basically done yours. You're going to rank them. So I'm sure you're going to send these to me pretty quickly. I haven't started mine yet, so I don't want to look at yours. When you send it to me, I'm not going to open the message because I don't want to be swayed. I don't want to be like, oh, well, if I put this at number whatever, because Nick's got this at number whatever, I can make this number one. Like, no, I want to go into this completely blind and then combine them fairly. So I get excited. This is my weirdest thing I get excited for whenever we do a full series recap. Um, um, I'm just going to punk you and just like put, um, you know, the um, the intervention scene with the pillow um, from <laughs> season one. I'm just going to put that as, as number one just to make I thought you were going to go, oh, you can grab your restraining order right here. <laughs> 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 we never nominated it. We should have, but never mind. I put Bonfire at number one. There you go. <laughs> uh, simple. But uh, next week, though, El Camino, Breaking Bad story, an episode we've technically sort of done. We did a, I did a spoiler-free review of it when it first came out here on the show, but... Uh, I've only ever seen it twice. I watched it when it was first on and when I did my speed rewatch a couple of months ago, I watched it then. So I I, I definitely I feel like I loved it the first time I watched it. I definitely think my opinion changed the second time. I'm not saying I didn't love it, but like you watch it for a second time and I think in more of a context at that point when I just rewatched all of Breaking Bad, whereas when I watched it the first time, I probably hadn't watched Breaking Bad in a couple of years. So I was, you know, a bit out of the loop a bit more. Yep. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it for a third time and kind of putting the pen to paper to write notes and everything along those lines. But I just say I enjoy it. Like, I, I, I'm i glad that we got it. I've said over the last few weeks that we needed it. I feel like it's a perfect way to end Jesse. And I, I just kind of like what we get because I'm obviously a massive Jesse fan. I, I love the fact that he kind of gets his movies. I like the, throw, but the, the throwbacks and, like, the flashbacks they do – I don't think are cheap. I think they kind of work. And that was kind of the risk. Like, oh, will Brian Cranston appear? Will this person appear? Will that person appear? And what they do with it doesn't feel like it's just done for shits and gigs. Like, it, it works into the story. So, I'm looking forward to talking about El Camino and Fat Jesse Plemons because that was the talking point about this when this was released a couple of years ago, wasn't it? It wasn't about the quality of the story. It was, wow, Todd's fat, <laughs> which poor Jesse Plemons, leave him alone. Yeah, absolutely. It was a lot of kind of fat shaming and he, you know, we'll talk about it, but he, he talked a lot of himself about he didn't really realise this would be such a big deal um, at the time. So, so yeah, I think it, it's an interesting talking point. I think it absolutely um, benefits from watching it straight after watching Breaking Bad. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think it is one of those things where, yeah, like I was the same as you, like I just picked it up, you know, kind of just blind, you know, whenever it came because it came out like six years or something after Breaking Bad was finished and so I was just like okay cool I'm just going to check this on and I was like oh, I'm not sure I like this very much and and you know spoiler alert it's only the second time I've watched it you know I, I watched it once and it, you know, it, was, it was fine whatever now I've kind of gone back and watched it as part of this and got a completely different view on it having just come fresh off watching Breaking Bad so yeah I think there's lots to discuss um, yeah it, it, it is it is a nice companion piece I'll say that it's, it's nice to kind of get a I didn't think I needed a kind of resolution for the Jesse story but it is nice to have it yeah no I, I completely agree with that but tune in for that next week we've got two more to go then after that we've got our series recap recap sound like Nick now um, <laughs> and uh, then we're done with Breaking Bad until we decide to pick up Better Call Saul at some point uh, do all the usual here at the end, like, subscribe, all that kind of fun stuff, and uh, stay up to date. And if you've missed any of these episodes, if you've just decided to tune in on Series 5 Recap, then okay, cool. Um, you've got a lot of episodes to catch up on before uh, you listen to this one again. My name is Ben, and why would anybody want to put a metal ring through the end of their prick? <laughs> My name's Nick, and uh, the next time you bring a gun to a podcast, I'll stick it up your ass sideways. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. 
Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff yes sir do you like having access to your favorite podcast hosts in a way like never before yeah absolutely do you wish you had access to our old survivor oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online oh yeah if you answered yes to one two or all of those questions then get excited because the oz network is now on patreon That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.